You're awesome, Ron. How's everybody doing today? Was that not a good worship set? Man, that was powerful. I love that song. So much strength in, in praising God. So much breakthrough potential in that. Thank you, Scott. Mr. Del Vecchio always helps me out. Somebody's probably going to think his last name's Del Vecchio, but it's not. <laughs> I don't know why I call him that, but we've been just, you know, I mean, man, isn't there's so many in this room, so many in different stages of life. Isn't that true? I mean, you know, uh, Kim and I have come through so many, you know, from the just, you know, the dating, engaged to married, to children, to no kids almost, and Maddie's the only one at home, and, you know, it, it's just different phases of life, and it's amazing how life has a chance to grow you up. And that, when I'm 25, I'm thinking, there's no problem, man, we got this. There's nothing, you know, we can do anything, and then... You know, with God, all things are possible, but obviously, a lot of stuff, uh, you know, and God just helps you get through everything. Uh, this is our final week in the Glow in the Dark series, and this has been a really informative series. You know, what I've noticed in this, um, and it's just, there's, it's sometimes when I'm speaking, especially in these kind of things, it's more quiet. And it's quiet because I think everybody's processing. You know, for me, if I, if I haven't heard it before or it's good stuff, you know, I have a tendency, well, I'm trying to listen and trying to process it through my brain to figure out like, oh, okay, that makes sense, or I didn't know that, or yes, and that kind of thing. So we're seeing that, but it also gives you kind of a foundation. The great thing about this, it's on our, you know, get our app, you can go to whatever uh, device you use, go to the Google Play Store, you can go to Apple, you can get uh, just True Life Church, it's free, and you know, all of those messages are on there. You can go back and you can refer to those and then check that out and all of that stuff. Also, you know, just uh, I forgot to announce this and probably need to announce it more. Uh, in town here, there's a, a company, and if you go to their website, it's on ours as well, uh, uh, Hessler's. If you are like, hey, I would love to have a T-shirt. You saw those that say Live Life on Purpose. You can buy those there. There's, uh, there's some really cool sportswear and all kinds of stuff that have our logo on it, and you can you know, go through there. They'll ship it right to your house, or you can go pick it up at the store. Uh, so, you know, we're, we're just thankful to, to partner with people that will get the word out that uh, God wants you to live life on purpose. So we're talking about uh, gifts today. This is the last in the gifts. We've talked about the revelation gifts. We've talked about the power gifts. Today, we're talking about the inspiration gifts. Um, so we're going to look at prophecy, tongues, and interpretation of tongues. I'm going to give you kind of cliff notes on all these. In other words, they're so extensive in all of these things that we could really talk on each subject for I mean, we could do it all year. When I talked to Pastor Gary, and I told him I was doing this series, and he goes, wow, you could do that all summer, all year. He goes, nobody's doing that. And I said, I, I know. What? I wanted to, you know, and I said to God, why do I have to do it? You know, because it's, it's, it, there's so much. But yet, you know, it is important, I think, that we build a foundation to see what God is doing and, and so that we can understand him just a little bit better. But this is unlike the revelation gifts or the power gifts. The inspiration are really not the kind that change the world per se, but in a sense they do because they're going to work through the body. And I'm going to talk next week. This isn't about gifts, but next week I want you to come bring as many people as you can. We're going to talk about the power of one. We're going to talk about one person, you, how important you are in the kingdom. And we're going to make it relevant so that you can be like, because sometimes we get this idea that we don't matter. We're just a number or we're just this or we're just, but you are more than that. So uh, anyway, these, these gifts uh, are strictly really for the benefit of the church. So they have a threefold ministry, edification, exhortation, and comfort. I'm going to define all those in just a minute. Edification, exhortation, and comfort. God wants a strong church. He wants a mature church. He wants a church to be able to handle the things that he has to give us. He wants his church uh, body to be alive and powerful. We don't want to be just like everything else in the world. We, just, we want to be able to stand and glow in the dark, so to speak. Uh, we want to be able to stand out to say, you know what, and see people get healed and saved and delivered and set free and all of those things. We, we want to believe that to happen so, so much so that we are being used by the Lord, that it's happening. That kind of thing travels. I don't have to put it on a billboard. I don't have to put it in the movie theater. It just travels because people talk and they'll be like, I went to church. And, you know, you, you, you actually are living the Bible out. There'll be people just like the people in the Bible that are saying, this man told me everything. 
Now, I'm not the man that's going to tell you everything, but what I'm telling you is that God can show or do whatever he needs to do, and you can go and say, all I know is I was once blind, now I see. I went there, you know, people prayed for me, and I'm healed. That's all I can tell you. I don't understand it all, or whatever the case is. That's what we're looking for. We're looking for people that are going to say, you know what, God is real. Here's our first thought we're going to unpack today, the gift of prophecy. This is probably the greatest, I guess, of the three gifts. 1 Corinthians chapter 11 through 14, if you're reading in those chapters, this gift is mentioned 22 times. 22. So let's look at what it is not. I like doing this because sometimes we just look at things. Let's look what it's not because it'll help define what it is. So let's look at what it's not. The gift of prophecy is not foretelling of the future. So hang with me for a second. I'm going to try to explain everything, so then you'll, you'll kind of get a gift, uh, idea, a gift. <laughs> you get an idea. So the prophecy in the New Testament is different from a prophet who tells the future. He, now, again, I want you to think about the three things that these gifts are supposed to do. They're supposed to edify, exhort, and comfort. So none of these have to do with the power gifts or the gifts of revelation. I'm, I mean, they all kind of can link, but we're talking about these specifically. According to Ephesians 4, 11, and 12, these are gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work, build up the church, the body of Christ. So the prophet is a person. So if there's a prophet, they're a person, and they are being used of God in the prophetic. Unfortunately, in the world today, we have people that are being used in the pathetic, not the prophetic. But we want to keep this in the realms of the Bible. That was a joke, by the way. Uh, in the realms of the Bible, uh, because it's not a vocal gift. Now, I'm going to explain everything. Prof the prophetic office always predicts the future, but the gift of prophecy never predicts the future. So I'm talking about two, two separate things here. I, I'm talking about the gift being used in the body is, is to edify, exhort, and comfort. And we're also talking about a prophet or being used. In, that is a different thing altogether. So we're going to define a little bit of that, okay? The gift of prophecy is not to be used for guidance. It's been misused that way and many times. But guidance isn't one of the three that we listed. We're talking about encouragement. In a sense, people could go, well, there's a gray line. If God's going to, you know, he's going to comfort you or edify you, he could say keep doing, you know, keep on keeping on like I'll talk about in a second. So in a sense, yes. But, but we're just looking at trying to draw uh, some more conclusions as far as more definite lines. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> the prophetic office always predicts the future. The gift of prophecy never uh, pr predicts the future. The prophecy is not preaching. Preaching is proclaiming and pronouncing the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it comes from the natural mind. What I'm doing will, you know, it comes, it's anointed. And that's not what I'm saying. It comes from the mind of the Holy Spirit. Uh, that God has given me to say, it's, yeah, but I still am in my right mind, okay? I'm my natural mind. Profe prophecy comes from the mind of the Holy Spirit speaking in a supernatural utterance, all right? So preaching comes from, you know, my own self anointed and inspired by God. Are we on the same page so that we understand what's going on? Uh, it can be anointed, it can be inspired, uh, but it's not supernatural. Prophecy is always supernatural, it's a supernatural utterance that comes from a person who's anointed to speak the treasures of God to the body of Christ. Again, for the three things, edifying, exhorting, comforting. So the gift of prophecy is not a rebuke. Nobody likes to be rebuked, I don't think. But yet, listen to what I'm saying. There's no part of rebuke in prophecy. It's always encouragement. And again, I'm talking about the gift to the body. In the New Testament, correction comes not from prophecy, but from the preaching of the word. Paul disciplined, corrected, and rebuked, but, through, but not through prophecy. He did that through the word of preaching. Gift of prophecy is not a ministry of criticism. This isn't about uh, your opinion, my opinion. Everything comes down to the book. It's about what the Bible says. It's not about what I say and you say. This comes down to this. If we don't line up with this, that's, this is the plumb line here. So everything has to line up with the book. So it's just not... Now, we live in an opinionated world. You know, I'm just going to say this. You know, we have a lot of people that voted for Trump, and now they're giving him a hard time. Why don't you pray for your president instead of trashing him? That's just my opinion. You don't have to take it. But I tell you what, he's a lot better than what could have been in there. Again, my opinion. Will I get in trouble for that? I don't care. 
Okay, uh, so prophecy is a, uh, is a message from God to help men and women get their life in order um, before Jesus comes back. So God's trying to get us ready for the return of his son. So the gift can lift depression. Anybody ever been depressed? It can lift depression. It can, it can help you with complacency. I mean, just I'm just the same old, same old. It can get them back on track with God. It can stir you up, get you fired up for God again. It's threefold purpose. Again, we're going to explain it now. It is for edification, which means to build up, remove fear. And so it'll build you up spiritually and help you get stronger in your walk with the Lord. Some of us are afraid to do something because we're afraid of man. What man might think. If I do that, people might think I'm weird. People will probably think you're weird whether you do that or not. If you just don't do what they want. So this is for edification, exhortation. It's a call to encouragement. God may call the church to follow God closely, a little more than they've been doing, maybe more distinction from the world. Here's your brand. Here's what I want you to do. Here's what's unique about this body. Here's this area. Here's what, what this area needs. How many knows that you know Marion is different than other areas? I get it. I just went through an affluent area last night, and it is a beautiful town, beautiful area, a lot of wealth. And you go through Marion, you don't see that. Because they're doing some things, it's not Marion, they're doing some things that are doing that to help generate that. Maybe we should grab some ideas from that and God could do that. But you know where it starts? It starts in each one of us following God. It starts in us still saying, you know what, I still believe in this town. I had somebody when I first started, I remember that somebody had a bumper sticker that said, last one out of Marion, turn out the lights. I just wanted to say, shut the front door. God still has plans for this city. He still loves this city, and he still loves the people in this city. But it's going to take people like you and people like me that say, I believe in my hometown, I believe in this, and God, we're going to see this through. What could I do to help in this situation? This world is full of discouraging. I, just, you watch the news, it's usually discouraging. I know they got to report the news, but they don't say a lot of good usually. There was a killing over on blah, 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 and so and so, and here's this, and here's that. And people are just drawn to negative, negative, negative. I get it, but boy, let's have some positive once in a while. I'm not saying the news never says positive, so, but I'm just saying there's a lot of negativity in the world. But this gift helps bring encouragement. This gift will help you keep on keeping on. This gift will help you put a light at the end of the tunnel. This gift will know and help you know that you do make a difference. This gift will help you know that you can be more than a conqueror. This gift will help you know that God has a, a perfect use for you. This gift brings comfort. The Greek word for comfort is consolation. Not talking about stars, but just talking about being consoled. Just comforting. You know what that means? It means the stuff that you're worried about. The stuff that you are upset about. The stuff that is bringing you anxiety. The stuff that's driving you bananas. You're anxious. Can be healed and removed by using this gift. I think we live in a world that needs comfort. We have enough of the other stuff going on. Suicide is at an all-time high. All kinds of things going on in the world. People are looking for answers. They just want a way out. So how important would that be for me and you to be glowing in the dark? To be lights in a dark world? To be edifying, exhorting, or comforting to people that don't know what that means? Is it really that hard to spend another 10 seconds and hold a door open for a stranger that you don't know? Could you really just say, you know what? Here, let me give you a quarter for your card at Aldi. I don't need your quarter. It's all good. Here, be blessed. Thanks. What could you start by that? Have you ever been in a line and somebody paid it forward and somebody paid for you? And then you felt like, i got to pay for the next, you know, I want to do that for the... And then you're praying, oh, Father, don't let it be a big family of kids. <laughs> somebody bought you a coffee and then you got a, you know, I need a lease because they just got 17 Big Macs and I don't know. Well, I found out, you know, you can just go, you know, hey, I would like to put $10 towards that order whatever they got you know if they they might say hey ten dollars will cover that well whatever it was you can do whatever but i'm just saying what difference could we make to be the difference makers first corinthians 14 32 and 33 says remember the people who prophesy are in control of their spirit and can take turns 
For God is not a God of disorder, but of peace, as in all the meetings of God's holy people. And I'm going to say some stuff here in the next several minutes that I want you just to listen to what I'm saying. If it's quiet, it's okay. It's all good. There are people that will say stuff like this. I can't control this. If you can't control it, it's not God. God doesn't bind and possess people by a spiritual gift. He doesn't do that. The differences between the enemy and the God is that difference. That's a big difference. You can stop God and grieve the Holy Spirit anytime you want. He can tell you to do something and you can say, I'm not doing that. And he'll be like, okay. I mean, he's told me before, he said, you see that man? I had a man staring at me, man. Just, I don't even know who the man was. All I know is I worked at Honda and he picked up stuff and he was staring at me. I mean, his eyes seemed like they were big as softballs. And the Lord spoke to my heart, spoke to my spirit, and he said, you need to tell him about me. I mean, just like that. I wasn't thinking about it. I was trying to go home. How many, when you're off work, you just want to go home? I just want to get out of here. I want to clock out and literally clock out of my brain and just go home. And I told God, I said, no, I'm not doing that. And I said, I, you ever try to rationalize with God? I'll do that. I tell you what, he comes by my stand tomorrow. I'll strike up a conversation with him. That's what I'll do. Okay, thanks, God. Good to have this talk. We should have more often. And I went home. He died that night. I went back to work the next day, and they said, did you hear about so-and-so? I don't even know who so-and-so was. I said, who's that? They said, the guy that comes and picks his stuff up. I just was like, oh my gosh, Lord, you tried to tell me. And then I had to ask God to forgive me and then just pray somebody talk to that man because I didn't. Life is full of choices, guys. I don't want to grieve God or his spirit anymore. You're not under bondage to the Holy Spirit. You work with him because you want to. Colossians 2.10 says, I'm complete in him, meaning God completes me. I could requote that and put my own spin on it and say, I am complete in Kim. But I'm not. God is what completes me. Kim stays with me because she wants to. You still do, don't you? Oh, good. I don't need to write home. But that's, that's an amazing thing. Because seek first the kingdom. And all of these other things will be added. The gift of prophecy is regulated, 1 Corinthians 14, 29 through 33. Let two or three people prophesy and let the other evaluate what is said. But if someone prophesy, prophesying and another person receives a revelation from the Lord, the one who is speaking must stop. In this way, all who prophesy will have a turn to speak one after the other so that everyone will learn and be encouraged. Remember that people who prophesy are in control of their spirit and can take turns. For God is not a God of disorder, but of peace, as in all the meetings of God's holy people. So the most messages in one meeting, according to this scripture, of what they're emphasizing or what they're suggesting is three. Now, I was on staff in Dayton, and that pastor would count. If there was gifts going on, he'd count, boom, boom, boom. And you went over three, he was done. This is my take on this, okay? So I'm, not, I'm just telling you my interpretation of this word. I'm not telling you to follow that. I'm just telling you, I, I don't think it's out of the bounds of this book. If I tell you anything out of the bounds of this book, you need to take me to task because I'm not trying to do that. But this is what I'm thinking in, in this, and this is what I feel. I, I don't think he's saying if there's more one over that, no, I don't, I don't feel that. I think Paul's trying to establish just an order of what needs to happen because there is no scripture that says anything after that should be stopped. There isn't any direction after that, that would tell me as a minister that I need. But I'm just saying I don't think it, there should be a free-for-all and it should be like there should be 50. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm just talking about I think that's what was going on and he's trying to bring it into where you can only get so much. And, and then if the, the more people and if there's people that aren't following God and they're trying to do their own thing, and you may not see it, but if you're a minister and been doing ministry a long time, there's things that happen, man. And you, then you got to clean that up. So that's my own... Uh, emphasis on that but I, I i think that's a good thing that you know obviously it's a bible thing paul is is saying that three times so let's move on let's talk about tongues secondly different kinds of tongues but this is used for public ministry and it's a sign from god 
1 Corinthians 14, 22 says, so you see that speaking in tongues is a sign. Now, listen to what I'm about to say. This is what the Bible says. Not for believers, but for unbelievers. Prophecy, however, is for the benefit of believers, not unbelievers. So tongues is a sign for the unbeliever. It will help stir him inside. Let me explain that. This is different than just being baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. This is talking about, again, we're talking about gifts being used in a service. When stuff like that happens, it might make you uncomfortable. It might also stir you inside. The comfort level isn't what... Every time God has made me uncomfortable, I don't think he's ever asked me, Brett, you uncomfortable? You okay? He doesn't really seem to check with me on that stuff. So all I'm trying to tell you is, it might stir you. In other words, even if you don't understand it, there's something inside that says, something about that was different. Something was, was real. I can't explain, but something, something clicked with me, and there's some things that didn't click with me, and I'm just I'm not comfortable. And I get it. I've been there, done that. I have T-shirts on that. But what I'm telling you is, it's, it's for people. You know, Before I knew God and I saw stuff, I was just... And even after I knew God and saw stuff, still uncomfortable. How many of those speaking in tongues began on the day of Pentecost? Okay. The day the New Testament church was born in Jerusalem. Sign of different kinds of tongues is a supernatural utterance. And again, I'm talking about, I want you to understand what happened in Pentecost. This isn't somebody that has their personal prayer language. These are people early in the morning that are all speaking different languages. And people of those, those cultures are going, how? He doesn't know that. How does he know how to speak that? He doesn't, that's what I'm talking about. Because they said, these guys are drunk. But it was early in the morning. And Peter's like, no, they're not drunk. This is probably one of the most misunderstood gifts of all, is tongues. It's assigned to different kinds of tongues as a supernatural utterance which comes from God through the person of the Holy Spirit, used by man, but from, uh, from his, different from his natural language. So it's not his natural language. The enemy uses this a lot to confuse the body and get them into strife. And you know, if you get into strife, what's strife? That's just... You're just fussing and fighting all the time. And if you fuss and fight all the time, you open up the door for, the Bible says, every evil work. So if you're just in strife, then there's no peace because then you've got envy, you've got jealousy, you've got, I mean, you've got all kinds of garbage just going on. So it's hard to see kind of the forest through the trees. <clears throat> so let's look at what tongues is not, okay? The sign, the gift of tongues is not your prayer language. Again, it's not the one that you can get baptized in the Holy Spirit. Now, it may sound very similar, but there's going to be some things maybe in a service that will be like, oh, I don't normally say that. I don't even know what that means anyway. So I'm just saying. So all I'm saying right now, if you're like, you are out in left field, well, join me for a little bit because I'm just going to help as much as I can. The gift of tongues is not learning of languages. This isn't one of those where you can get on your cell phone and get an app. Hey, I've got an app. Learn the gift of tongues. Hmm, not interesting. No, this isn't Siri or anybody going to teach you how to speak French or any of that. It's, not, it's nothing like that. Tongues has no connection in what man is thinking. It has no understanding of what he's saying. The Bible says uh, when it's in use, we pray perfectly. Now, this can also be in your prayer language. You can pray perfectly, but also in a service if it's being used you can you're just saying something perfectly from god how much would you want to be perfect i can be a lot of things but perfect probably isn't one of them but if i could do something perfectly and if every good gift comes from god and if god doesn't give bad gifts what's it's it's an amazing thing to be able to go you know what i don't know what to say but god says pray this You'll pray it perfectly. So to use this gift, we have to have faith. Everything in the kingdom happens by faith. Whenever I have used this gift, or the one we're going to talk about in just a second, it has always been by faith. I have never had the whole thing in my mind at one time. Like, here's the whole thing. He's just given me a part of the puzzle that I will step out in and then the rest starts to happen. And the cool thing about this regulated, I mean, because that, that's another point that, number one, you all know how good I am with names. 
But for me to remember, like God give me a whole paragraph, that'd have to be a supernatural thing of the Holy Ghost anyway. But for me to remember and then quote it, <laughs> so just to be able to say, hey, will you do this? Will you, str- will you trust me? Yes, God, I'll trust you. Good. Say these five things. And I'll get there. And Remember the story I told you when I walked in front of those people and nothing happened until I said, can I pray for you? And then the ticker tape picture came across. That's what I'm talking about. Had I not stepped in front of them, I'd have never seen that. Had I not asked and said and did what I was, I'd never seen that. Do you understand that obedience is huge when it comes to faith? You got to have faith. Only spirit-filled or spirit-baptized believers are candidates for this gift. I have people that have come to me and said, hey, you know what? I, I spoke in tongues. Oh, I didn't know you got saved. Oh, I didn't get saved. Well, you didn't speak in tongues then. Because salvation is a prerequisite. Now, you need to understand, you can go to heaven and never speak in tongues. This isn't a salvation. I can go to heaven or not go to heaven. You get saved, you can go to heaven whether you speak in tongues or not. What I'm telling you is, this gift is from God, and so whether it's in your personal life or in the life of the body of the believer in the church, it just kind of takes you from a 110 plug and sticks you into a 220. It kind of helps you like when you don't know what to do. It's like, I don't know what to do, but because I'm connected supernaturally to the Father, he can download to me exactly what to do. Perfectly. So before a person can be used in this gift, they first must be baptized in the Holy Spirit himself with the evidence of speaking in tongues. Remember, tongues edifies the body. Uh, Some people have used this gift in a song. In other words, God will put a melody in their heart and, you know, I don't, people, say, people say, well, what kind of song? I don't know. But instead of speaking it, they'll sing it. But they're not singing in English. Does it make you uncomfortable? Sure it does. Especially if they can't sing. What I'm telling you is, it just, it's amazing what God can do. And sometimes, you, you know, I've been working around the yard I'm outside by myself, and I'll have this song in my mind, and then I'll, I'll, you know, I'll feel impressed just to, to sing that in, in a prayer language. I don't even know how that works, to be honest, when do you, what syllable goes where, because I don't even understand what I'm singing or saying. But according to the Word, everything goes back to the Word. It's perfect. Not many times in my life I can be perfect. But that's pretty sweet. It is a gift for everybody. So why would we want to speak in tongues? I'm just going to throw some things out here. Here, number one, it mean, it's evidence that you've been with God because you were baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. So why wouldn't? Well, I'm a follower. I'm a believer. <clears throat> You're speaking supernaturally directly to God, and it's what's cool is God doesn't have voicemail. He doesn't have an answering machine. Hi, you've reached the office of God. I can't get to you right now. Leave your name and number. I'll get back to you just as soon as I can. God doesn't do that. So it's kind of really cool. And here's, you know, let me just help you. If you're like, you mean God doesn't answer me if I don't have this gift? That's not what I'm saying. God will still be there with you. So please don't misquote me on that. All I'm telling you is in this reference of tongues, sometimes you're going through some just garbage and you don't really have the words to say this is kind of one of those deals where you can just pray in that language and you pray perfectly even though your natural mind doesn't know what to say you just don't have words but your spirit your mind of the spirit it it does and so it's connected you can reach out and touch someone right with that that was a phone joke You can edify the body, the church, if God wants to use you in that gift, because it could give a word of encouragement to the church. So here's our last one, the interpretation of tongues. It is a supernatural verbalization of the meaning of the message just delivered to the church by a member of the body of Christ in a language they don't understand. So I'm going to explain this. The reason is simple. The message is given in an unknown tongue and being told its meaning in a known language. In other words, somebody gave the gift of tongues in a church meeting, and it was in a language that none of us in here understood. Then the interpretation of that comes out in a language that everybody in here understands. So we know now what that 
message in the language we didn't understand meant. Okay? So if you're in a meeting and you don't have the gift, well, say you have the gift of, of tongues and say that's one of those gifts, again, this is one of the nine gifts, and, but you don't know if anybody in the meeting has the gift of interpretation of tongues, then you might want to have both of those gifts because you could interpret, interpret, interpret what that, uh, that was being said. And we've been in meetings where that's happened, where I've actually done both. And I've been in meetings where somebody else has done both and all of that. But let me explain this. And this really helped me. <coughs> I was in my home church. It was an Assembly of God church. And um, we never were... This wasn't taught. I, I, matter of fact, I don't ever really remember being in teachings too much of this. Um, but I remember somebody gave a... Uh, gift of tongues in that meeting and, and it kind of what happens is like there's somebody playing the keyboard you know so you know let's just say i'm i'm pastor kim see how good i play okay that would happen and if somebody would you know say we were at altar call and somebody uh she was playing live and somebody gives that she'd stop playing because we don't want to interrupt if god is wanting to say something does that make sense so far then we're going to wait for what does, whatever somebody said, what's that mean? So I'm in a service, and they're playing, and somebody comes out with that. And inside, I'm just going to tell you, I can't tell you your story, I'm going to tell you mine. So I have this inside me that says I need to say what, I'm, what that meant, but it's in English. Because obviously, I'm English. And so... I don't have like a whole bunch. I just have like three words. And I'm like, that doesn't make any sense to me. I mean, it's just like three words or four words or whatever to start a sentence. But yet I still feel God like, do you trust me? So I, this is what I did. So I, I spoke out. And now the whole place is quiet because everybody stopped when the person, you know, it's like. And so then I've never done this before. So here I'm and then, I mean, I've got goosebumps on my goosebumps, and I'm like, I do not want to do this. And nobody's doing anything. So this is long pause. Seems like takes forever. And finally, I said, ah, and I said, whatever those four or five, I don't remember what they were. So I'm just saying, whatever those four or five were. And I heard myself talking. And of course, it was quiet, and I freaked out. I got scared, and I just clammed up. And I said, you know, I'm just going to say, I said, God wants me to say that you got... And that was it. And I just froze. So here I am, froze, and I'm like, oh. And then the enemy just starts pounding on me. Did you know that condemnation is not from God? Condemnation is what he did to me. You big idiot. Nobody got, what do you, who do you think you are? And blah, 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 blah. But God doesn't do that. And so I'm thinking, I'm sitting in church the whole rest of the service. I don't even remember what they talked about because I just wanted to go. I just wanted to get out of there because I was embarrassed. That was the enemy. On the way out, I got stopped by several people coming up to me all excited. And they were like, what was it like? And I'm like, what do you mean? They said, what was it like? I said, what was what like? I mean, I mean, God was using you. You said like four words. What was that like? And I'm telling you, I all of a sudden became Barney Five. Well, I know that, you know, when the Lord wants to use me. Let me check my bullet. You know, I mean, I'm just saying, I, then all of a sudden, okay, I get, but I wasn't being condemned. I was, um, people were like, I, I want to know what that felt like. And I actually, I felt like, man, it was supercharged. It was cool because it really was. I just was, I never heard myself do that before. So I kind of freaked, but we want, we want God and we want God in a way that only God can do. The gift of tongues is not a translation. If one person gives a message of tongues and two different people have the interpretation, each one may be different. The root of the message will be similar, just the phrasing may be different. It's not a word-for-word -word translation. That day I was telling you about, when I quit, somebody else took over and finished whatever that was. And I could, you know, once I started, I could feel what I was going to say next. I just didn't. But then I realized what they were saying was different than what I was saying, but the, the theme was the same. Does that make sense? God wants to use you in your unique way. You might be more 
I, I, I knew a minister that seemed like every time I talked to him, he talked to me in King James. That, to me, that was annoying. But he was a nice guy. I don't mean he was annoying, but, but I would say, hey, did you get some of that? And he'd say, I partook of some. Nobody talks like that, dude. Why don't you just say, yeah, I ate some. It's good. But that, but that was him. So, see, his personality might be, you know, why thou come, you know. And so if that's his personality, that's his personality. I can't do anything about that. God did that. So he's going to use him through his own uniqueness. Think about how God wants to use you. You don't have to be everybody else. You don't have to be anybody else. Be you. He only made one of you. A translation is an exact rendering from one language to another in precise grammatical terms. How many knows that's not me? It's not a word-for-word translation. So somebody could give something. It's not word-for-word. It could be the theme. So the other person could give something else. An interpretation reveals to us what God wants us to know. But that helps me know why that a message in tongues may be long, but the interpretation could be short. Somebody could use somebody else, and they could do something for 15 seconds in tongues, and somebody says, God says, and it's two words, and we're like, okay. Because it just depends on, again, it's not translation, not word for word, interpretation. That's why we're calling this gift exactly what the Bible calls it, the interpretation. It's not of the human message mind. It's the functioning of the Holy Spirit through the mind. An interpreter does not understand the language of the tongues he's interpreting. His natural mind is not part of the message. He doesn't know what the Spirit's going to say. If he does, then he's not interpreting by the Spirit. Um, So if you're in a service and the message is given and no uh, interpretation follows, there could be reasons. There could be, and I just threw them out here, there's nobody there with that gift. So it's not going to be interpreted. But just know that God doesn't usually give the gift of tongues without an interpretation because he wants everybody to know what he's trying to say. Uh, the message either wasn't necessary or, or it's not of God. Maybe somebody's making it up. We've, I've had to stop services because of that and had people like, oh, that was, but it, there's, there wasn't God in any part of it. Or the person that's there to interpret could have been like me and, and maybe didn't even come that forward and was supposed to interpret but did not. That could happen because, again, we are people. So we just have to put all those. So it does require faith to operate. And, and again, God will give the information a bit at a time. I've never known or seen where he's given the whole thing. Uh, but they have to keep obeying and speaking as God reveals it. So it's, they have to listen to stay in tune to know the whole message. Does that make sense to you? So in other words, they... They can't just go ahead and put their own spin or flair on it. They're continually like, here's a, it's kind of like, here's a nugget. Oh, here's a nugget. Oh, here's another one. And God is just like, come on, come on. And, and so then you'll know, wow, that's amazing. Because, you know, I didn't know what I was going to say to those people till I got in front of them. And he just, I had to read it and say it. I didn't have it all planned out. Okay. <clears throat> Know that the gifts always operate in the bounds of the word of God. They will not work outside the bounds of the word. The Holy Spirit is a true gentleman. He'll never force a person to do anything. He offers us opportunity. Whether or not we take it is our choice. God doesn't force a person to go to heaven. Neither will he force a person to live right. Now, I used to go fishing with some guys at Ponderosa. We'd go out and go night fishing and that kind of stuff. And uh, they would always give me a chance, you know, oh, I don't understand God. You're a big Christian preacher, man. God, if he's so much of love, he won't send anybody to hell. You're right. God doesn't send you to hell. You'll send yourself because there's choices. Now, I wanted, I, this just blew me away. I want you to think about it. Lucifer, the archangel, a.k.a. the devil, Satan, he had choices before he was cast out of heaven. He had choices. And that's how he had to, he got, he didn't make the right choice. Boom. Adam was kicked out of the garden. That's why there was two trees. Choices. God is not going to make you live right. You have choices. There's consequences with our choices. If you want the gifts, you have to want them. You have to want to live right. You have to have the want to. 1 Corinthians 14, 1 and 2 let love be your highest goal, but you should also desire the special abilities that the Spirit gives, especially the ability to prophesy. For if you have the ability to speak in tongues, you will be t- talking 
only to God. Since people won't be able to understand you, you will be speaking by the power of the Holy Spirit, but it will all be, but you'll be speaking by the power of the Holy Spirit, but it will all be mysterious. Pretty much spells it out for us. The difference between prophecy and tongues. Tongues and interpretation have the same message, anointing, powers, prophecy. Two ways God does the same thing. Prophecy speaks to people. Listen to me. Tongues speak to God in the center. Remember, it was for the unbeliever. So tongues is speaking to God, the mystery. You're speaking perfectly. But prophecy, when it's in English, you know, obviously when we speak in English, then uh, we speak to people. When tongues is being used, we don't know what's being said. In prophecy, we do. When we hear it in English, we know what's going on. Tongues edifies and builds up the speaker. Prophecy builds up the church. Tongues is a sign to the unbeliever. Now, I'm about finished, but I've got to, I want to tell you, I want to put all these together for you as best I can, okay? <clears throat> See, it's really quiet. It's not normal because uh, usually, I, you know, and I know I was a class clown in my class, and I, part of my personality is just ornery, um, and that's okay. But th- this, is, this is what I want you to understand. How this works has been, has been amazing uh, to me. Now, I just, Tim and I, every house, since this house I'm about to tell you about, have went to every window, every door, every closet, every room, every opening, and I've prayed over my house. People say, does it matter? It, I, I believe it does. When we leave our house Every time we leave our house, we grab hands and we pray. I plead the blood of Jesus. We pray angels over to protect it, blah, 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 whatever we pray. That's usually the, the most of the prayer, and that's it. And we go about wherever we're heading, and we trust God to do the rest. In this particular house, now we've been in ministry. In this particular house, now she just reminded me of something. You know, I, I want to open your mind. You know, when you were going to school, people told you, uh, remember the world used to think well, that the world was flat. And Christopher Columbus said, no, it's, it's not. And, and he proved that it wasn't. And, you know, so Christopher Columbus discovered what? America. Everybody knows Dora the Explorer discovered Mexico. So we know. <laughs> Just keeping you with me. So I want you to understand there's some things that we don't, you know, maybe we, because we didn't believe one way. So we're like, ah. So we didn't pray in this house this way. This, is, this was my training ground, okay? And our kids were little, and they, uh, my boys had a third-floor bedroom, and we made it like Superman. We had Superman wallpaper and everything. It was pretty cool. It was kind of hot up there, but it was pretty cool. They had their own room and their own space, and Zach had come down, and, and we never prayed. Now, again, I want you to understand, I didn't take authority in this house. You need to understand, there's, there's power for if you live in a house, you're the priest of that home. And there's power in that. And the enemy will try to tell you different. He might be trying to tell you now, oh, this is just hogwash. I'm telling you, he's telling you that because this is true. And he doesn't want you to know it. We did not pray in this house over that. Were we godly people? Yeah, we were walking with God, serving God. But the enemy will take any ground that you do not claim. If you don't think that... Just keep going the way you're going. I'm just saying, if you're not going to put your stamp of God's stamp on it, this is the, my ground. Why did God say every place your foot will? So start taking territory. So anyway, we didn't. And Zach had come down to Kim, and he was four, five? He was six, and Sam was four. Okay. Came down to, to Kim and said, Mommy, I saw something Now, I want you to understand something before this gets any further in this story. I want you to understand, you can sit here and you can say whatever you want. You can come up to me afterwards and argue with me, and I'll be happy to to tell you that you're wrong. (laughs) Yeah. Ghosts. But the enemy wants to prove to you this. So, actually... I have some wonderful friends that, and this is what prompted me to share this story um, that the Lord wanted me to share this with because they're not disagreeing with this. They're just sharing with me what was going on, okay? Anyway, uh, when you leave this earth, when you leave this earth, absent from the body, present with the Lord, 
You're either going to be with God or you're going to be in torment, period. So the other things that are, that are just demonic activity that's going to try to make you think that other things are going on. And in essence, they probably are with demonic activity. But they're not. They'll just, familiar spirits and all of that, they can just emulate like stuff from your past or this or that. But if, if somebody's gone, you will see them again if they know the Lord. If they didn't know the Lord, they cannot get to you. Are you listening to me? So you, we can think, you know, that's why people go to mediums and all kinds of stuff. I'm just trying to lay this out here. And, I, and, and again, the Lord just wants you to know. So I know I have your attention because everybody's like. So he comes down to Kim and he says, and again, we have not taken authority over this house. He comes down to Kim. I didn't know to. And he says, Mommy, there's something that flew out of my closet. And she said, what? And he said, yeah, it flew out of my closet. And she said, oh, it was, it's, it's this or that. And he said, no, it was black and big and it had like a cape or something. Now, he went to Kim and said that. Now, my kids were homeschooled, so she was their teacher and everything, so I don't know when he told her that, but we, we did homeschool because we were in ministry, and it was one of the gooder decisions we've ever done. <laughs> Again, just keeping you with me. So she, she's like, oh, I'm sure it's going to be okay, honey. It's going to be all right. Now, this is a true story. Everything I'm telling you is true. That night, now, our, right at the bottom of their stairs was our bedroom. That night, I was laying in bed. Have you ever been so scared that you can't, you want to say Jesus, but you can't get it out, and you go, you know, <laughs> I mean, I just like, you want to say something, but, and nothing coming out, but just, you know, I'm like, I just woke up and was overtaken by fear, just like, oh my gosh. And I felt like something is in the room. Now, I'm not saying all this stuff to freak you out. I'm just, I'm going to tell you about the power of God. At the foot of the bed to the right, there was a big black image. And I heard it. It spoke to me out loud. And this is what it said. He said, I'll kill you. That's what he said. And immediately, I was just like, I wanted to... You know, I sound like Carol Burnett and the, the old Tim Conway. But I, I got this out. I said, Jesus! And just as quick as you could click your fingers, this presence of, I, I almost can't explain it, of just incredible peace and almost like, dun, dun, dun! You know, just, whoo! And this is what I heard out loud. I am here. And the presence was just gone. Zach came down and woke me up and said, Daddy, something is wrong with Sam. Now, Zach is six and Sam is four. So Kim and I, you know, what's amazing when you're married and you guys that are about to have kids, there's things that nobody can teach you. You're not going to find it in the, I was about to say cassette series, but <laughs> what? You won't find it in an eight-track series either. <laughs> but <laughs> it's just you, will, you have lived life together, and you are so much one, it's not funny. We both got up, and I ran up, and here's my little four-year-old boy, blonde, toe-headed, and his eyes are big, and he's looking at me. He goes, Dad, I can't breathe. And Zach is standing there, and he's going, you know, and Kim immediately. I didn't have to say, go do this, go do that. She is on the phone with 911. And you know, 911 will keep you on the phone. Ma'am, where are you? Ma'am, we need your location. Ma'am, please just stay calm. Tell me what's going on. Now, Kim wasn't losing anything. She is, let me tell you what she's doing. She's in warfare. I didn't tell her, hey, go suit up, girl. Because the enemy doesn't do that. So Sam is like, I can't breathe. I can hear her. She is saying, he's, his name is Samuel. He's four years old. He can't breathe. He's saying this. And then in between that, she's going, and I, don't know, I don't know what her prayer language is, but I'm just telling you, she is not ashamed to shout it out loud. 
I don't know what the 911 person is thinking. It's like, I got some foreign American lady. I'm not real sure. But she is like, and she's down there saying, I rebuke you death in Jesus' name. Fear, you can't stay here. And she is going to town. Let me tell you, Pastor Kim, you can, you can pull on Superman's cape. You can spit in the wind. Don't pull the mask on the own. And don't mess around with Kim. Because she is, man, she is fighting this thing out. She is like, woo. And I can hear an, uh, an ambulance in the background. And Sam looks at me and he goes, Dad, and I'm going to die. And he starts, his eyes start rolling back in his head. I'm telling you, my wife is praying as loud as I've ever heard her pray. And I'm holding my son. I've already lost one son. Not lost, but he's already with Jesus. And I said, Samuel Charles, you look at me. You look at me. And he put his eyes back and I said, you are going to live. You look at me. Don't you not look at me. And I'm thinking, I don't know how to do a trachotomy. I don't, I've never done one. God, am I going to have to do that? What are you going to do? And I hear this, and they pull into the drive, and the guys come running in. You know, in the meantime of all this happening, Kim had come up, and she had given him some steroids and went back and was doing, you know, she was on the phone doing this whole thing at the same time. And so we went in the ambulance, and Sam and I took off. We were on the way to the ambulance. We got in there, and the, and the ER guy said, Whoever gave this boy steroids saved his life. Can I tell you how she knew? You know how she knew? Because she said, God. And in that time, in that moment, when you don't know what to say, she began to pray in a language that was perfect. And God said, yes, daughter, do this. And she did. And this day, Sam is alive and well. He's serving full-time at Pastor Gary's church. So you ask me, PB, is it important? I mean, the Bible says the enemy comes in like a flood. And God will raise a standard up against him. There's fights I can't fight for you. But God can. And God knows exactly what to do and when to do it. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes, please.